We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry with overpriced, underperforming products and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. We are breaking down all aspects of Yankee baseball. This is the Bronx Pinstripe Show with your host, Andrew Rotondi and Scott Reinen. Let's go. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Bronx Pinstripe Show. So that is what offense looks like. I forgot. I feel like the woman from Titanic. It's been 86 years, and they finally scored some runs. The highest offensive output of the season, Scott. It felt good today. It felt good. It felt good. The whole the whole series felt good. Saturday was, was fun because of the comeback. My boy, my guy, clutched two-out double. To uh, to tie the game and then and then scores a winning run, um, and then today even I, I got to tell you it's like a perfect day when I see DJ LeMayhew drive in IKF whether the right fielder misplayed the ball or not irrelevant that that is just beautiful beautiful to see my two uh, my my two boys um, stroking but yeah look they uh, the complimentary hitters are working it's like you see this you see this uh, the way that this lineup can can actually go. Um, and it's exciting because uh, when you have guys hitting the ball out, you have guys on the base path, and that is a beautiful thing. It was I I was tweeting early in the game, and I was looking through all all of their games, and even Michael K mentioned it on the broadcast in the ninth inning today. They haven't had blowouts at all this year. Every game nope. has been close. So even all the games that they won, any game that they lost, 
literally every inning has mattered just because it's always been a close game. And today is the first day you can actually like relax late late in the game and just have have some bullpen arms get some work that maybe didn't get some work. You could get in Marwin Gonzalez for an at bat because hey, it's ten to nothing. Who the hell cares? We haven't had any of those games this year. Tim LaCastro gets in for jobs Bob. and does the same damn thing. Uh, I was listening Bob. to this doing yard work at that point, and Sterling had absolutely nothing for LaCastro for he the didn't call. have a home run call. No, no, there was nothing. He's Aww. like, oh, and. Look, Castro goes deep. <laughs> it was it was nothing. I feel like that's the first time he's been stumped. Like he he has. I just think he got. I don't know if it was a stump. I just think bucket. he just like got taken off uh, off guard there. You know, not expecting Tim LaCastro one everyone. to be in the game and two to hit a home run. That thing was a shot too. Like he hit it. He crushed it. It went deep into the left field seats. I was like, I saw the ball. I was like, who actually hit that? That wasn't LaCastro. That was Giancarlo, wasn't it? No, no, that was LaCastro. But yeah, I mean, those are he look. He he actually had an impact this this um, this weekend too. Just running Stolen the bases base. uh, at the end, you know, subbing in for for Judge with the home run. There was no impact on the game on that, but but still, like a guy like that, a role player like that, I love it. Having that 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 speed at the end of the bench is is really a a good thing because you know you can sub him in anywhere pretty much in the outfield, and those wheels. He actually stole a base. I I, I was. I was really, I'm still excited to see him continue to see how good of a base dealer he is. Cause you know, what we've seen for the last 10 plus years is um, Brett Gardner who has straight line speed, but doesn't have the instincts of a base dealer. Look, Castro got a couple of really good jumps uh, on, what was that Saturday? Uh, and looked good. So um, I'm, uh, I'm very bullish on him right now. Just as that last guy on the bench, he's giving me the things that I need. I want that speed on the bench and a guy that can play defense. And that's what he does. Of course. Yeah. The home run is, is cool and all, but steal, steal me some bags in the ninth inning when you're down by a run. That's what yeah. I really care about when you're coming off the bench, whether but, your name is Tyler Wade or Tim <laughs> LaCastro or whatever. If you have that skill set, that's what I like as that last guy on the bench, because it gives you an option, especially, especially well, as it actually you know, adds have, something to the team. Like, it does. Like just, it does. just another guy who can hit home runs doesn't add anything to this team. So something different is what they need. And, you know, let's not over overstate what Tim LaCastro is or could be. But if he is just a guy who plays good outfield defense and can pinch run in the ninth inning and steal a bag, that's actually valuable. Yo, if he can bunt too, now now we're talking about I mean, a, just a triple threat. He has triple threat. Yeah, that's what we said. We've said that about a number of people that <laughs> should, in theory, be able to bunt. Right. Well, my, my point was about the blowouts that uh, you, you mentioned uh, the offense. You were seeing what it it could be with the with the different versatility and a more contact oriented approach today. Today was great. And obviously the comeback was great. But prior to today, they hadn't scored more than five runs in a game since opening day. The offense has even in, in their wins, it's been anemic. And that's why the offensive outburst today was was so nice to see. Maybe that's something that is like a jump start and they get a day off on Monday and then they face Baltimore, who they didn't hit last weekend in Baltimore. Maybe they'll hit him at home. But but yes, you're right. We're seeing how the offense can perform, but today is the first day that they've performed that way. The nice thing about having guys like IKF and LeMayhew, and I mean, Rizzo, Rizzo's, Rizzo's been very good all year. Um, we actually have a first baseman, by the way. I mean, look at look at what we have. We have a we have a real first baseman, and and he's a you know a guy that plays every day. So, uh, but having these guys that make contact at, at a high level and have good at bats, even I'm, I'm going to even throw Aaron Hicks in this mix now because he he's looking good. He's looking good um, in 
in this uh, short season so far. But you you don't you're not going to go a week without with 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 you know offers through the lineup when you have those guys a healthy Lemayu a healthy IKF Hicks uh, back to form where he's just you know getting on base like this. This is how you get that balance not only just in the lineup by the 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 type of players. But you end slumps. Like these are slump busters. These are guys that don't get into long slumps and can can carry the team a bit when some of the bigger guys are are struggling. So that balance for just the the way that the um, lineup turn turns over on a day to day basis is so important because it so keeps needed. their head in the game all the time. It was so needed. We kept talking yeah. about right handed hitters, left handed hitters. It doesn't really matter. They just need different hitters. They need a diversity of approach at the plate, and they finally yep. seem to have found a couple of players that have that. What do you think of DJ now back in the leadoff spot? Boone, there was a there was a uh, a segment today. I think Meredith did it on the broadcast. How Boone said he liked having DJ in the middle of the order because he provided some clutch hits with guys on base. But can't deny that their other guys were struggling. Donaldson was doing nothing. I thought Hicks was okay in the leadoff spot, but I guess they didn't want to push it too far, and they just put DJ back in the leadoff spot. And he's been there. He was there all weekend. Yeah, again, the two guys that I'm looking at for leadoff are, are DJ and Hicks. If you want to put one of them there, I'm good with either one, to be honest. like It's hard to argue DJ in the leadoff spot because he's been so good there in the past, but he's also you know a run producer. He is. I mean, the guy's got some pop, and he's uh, he's just clutch. So I'm, I'm good either way. I think that I would rather have DJ um, in the in like a five spot than Hicks if I had to if I had to opt the option of one of those two. But at the same time, like I want DJ in the leadoff spot, so I understand what they're doing. Can Hicks to me is DJ. How about that? Yeah, Let's just give well, him the DJ. If if I'm if I'm saying one is better in one spot than the other, I would say that by far in the five spot, I would want Lemay, who's a better five spot hitter than than Hicks. And I yeah. think they're they're pretty close in leadoff. I still think DJ is a little bit better at leadoff, but I think Hicks is a better leadoff than than five spot. If that makes sense. Yeah. DJ's better in both spots because he's yes. just better. But but I, I I do see what you're saying. I I now that IKF, I mean IKF, we can we can talk about him right now. The dude is 14 for his last 33. That's a 424 average. He's been on base a ton. Basically, you take out that first those first five, six games, which he admittedly said, I was nervous as hell. Like I'm I'm the new short shortstop for the Yankees. I get it. Yeah, that that's a that's that's a that's a lot of pressure. And he didn't handle it in the first week, but he got over it and he's been good ever since. He's had hard hit balls. He's had bloop hits, whatever. He's just getting on base. He's getting a lot of hits. That's how you get to 200, baby. You get those bloop hits. And I'm seeing those little, those little uh, bloops Dink fall. I'm like, yes, yes. Yeah. You got to get those to 200. You do. You need yeah. that stuff. You know, I was looking back to last year. I was, I was ever since this hot streak started, I, I was looking back at hits. Uh, last year, nobody got 200 hits. I think uh, there was like, There's like They're going extinct. The the three hundred yeah. win pitcher is going extinct. The two hundred hit baseball player is going extinct. Well, I have a feeling this year is we're going to probably see multiple because of the way um, before the well. The reason I'll banned. say that because you know Logan uh, or Logan or Ilya, one one of you guys were were um, commenting about this in our group chat uh, about the balls going different. The actual balls they're they're messing with the balls. They're, Humidor you know, the same well, launch angle, the same exit velo uh, that I think a Josh Donaldson ball hit. Two years ago was like 420, and and this one was, was a golf track ball two years ago. <laughs> out, yeah. But so what? What is that going to do? To me, that 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 probably. Um, I think last year even you know guys are changing their approach, but the ball's a little bit more dead. You're going to see more base hits. You're going to see more of that. They're realizing that they can't hit the ball out. So guys like IKF, guys like who speedsters who can who can slap the ball around. 
I think are going to see more balls drop. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. And, and I was looking at some advanced metrics for IKF today on his StatCast page and his expected stats. And it's not just the blue pits, which is good. If it was only the blue pits, I would say, well, that's not sustainable. Eventually, those are going to get caught. But he's actually in the 59th percentile, which, which isn't terrible for average exit velocity. His hard hit percentage is in the 80th percentile, also also good. I mean, max exit velocity isn't near the top of the league, but leave leave those numbers for the John Carlos and the Aaron Judges of the world. Yeah, His expected weighted on base average is in the 66th percentile, and it's it's 356, which is higher than his actual weighted on base average of 326. And what that means is he actually could have gotten unlucky on a few balls and he should have been on base and he should have gotten more hits than he actually got, which is good. His expected batting average is in the 90th percentile. So, you know, again, he's never going to be a light up the stat cast leaderboard guy like Giancarlo. We never think he is. We never, you know, let's not have any delusions about that. But his advanced... And that's okay. There and are good things. okay. Of course it is. There are good things in his advanced metrics. And I think, you know, if we want to talk about eye test versus nerd test, both agree here. Eye test, oh, he's got 14 hits out of his last 33 at-bats, 424 batting average. Awesome. But nerd test, his expected stats are, stats are actually pretty good too. So th- to me, this is, this is legit, which is great. Yeah, the nerds are just drafting the eye test at this point. That's what they're doing. <laughs> There's like, oh yeah, yeah, we we better make sure that these calculations add up to what we're seeing on the field because the guy. I'm just trying really to give deny. both perspectives here. I'm just no, trying I appreciate to give that. A full I appreciate that. It's just funny because even when we're when we were talking, we were prepping for this episode, we were talking about these things, and we were going uh, through some of the IKF um, numbers, and I'm sitting there like. You guys are saying all these numbers and all these like acronyms and such. And I'm just like, yeah, yeah, he lit it up. The guy, you could tell like this guy was lighting it up. I, I, all of these numbers, great. That's awesome. I'm glad they're val, they're validated. Um, but when I'm watching him, I'm watching him compete. I'm watching him. I mean, the Hawaiian hustle. I love it. I love the nickname. The guy is a, is just high motor out there and he is exactly what this team needed. Who was the flying Hawaiian? Um, Philadelphia Phillies, uh, you played for the Red Sox. Yeah, played for the Philly Red Sox. forever, and uh, I hated him with the Reds. Victorino, Victorino thank you. Yeah. He had like a mass. I remember he had a massive grand slam in one of the years that the Red Sox won the World Series. He was he with the Phillies forever. He was with the Phillies. It was the Red Sox. Yeah, flying Hawaiian, and now we got the the Hawaiian hustle. Okay, uh, I like it. Sure, IKF man. He's uh, uh, the point it's, is it's, though it's, that it's if good. if his expected weighted on base average and expected batting average were were bad then you could say, well, this hot streak is kind of maybe luck-based. And uh, I mean, I'm one of these people that sees both sides to this. Like, I want more eye tests in the game, but I also do appreciate some of the advanced metrics to try and understand the players better. And I like that they support it. I like hearing about this because then you can, then you can, you can see that side of it. But, but just forget like eye tests. You're watching this guy. Yeah. And he looks like he's in control. He's having good at bats and he's barreling the ball. I don't know what his barrel percentage is, but I, I bet it's high. And when when he's when he's it's uh, not great, that, <laughs> it's not that, great. That, well, okay, great. Well, the bloops the bloops will There's fall a lot of even bloops. when he's not hitting the barrel. But 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 a guy but that who, double that double in the ninth inning. I mean, yes, you don't get was more clutch than that. That was a you barrel. don't get more clutch than that. Oh hell yes. yeah, jumped off that bat. So here's the thing about someone like IKF who makes a lot of contact. His barrel percentage is never going to be good. 
because he makes a lot of contact. And so he, naturally, you're going to get jammed a lot. You're going to hit a lot of balls off the end of the bat. Sure. Whereas you go to Joey Gallo's baseball savant page, and he's got a great barrel percentage, but he only makes contact once a game. So it's like, See, okay. That, there's, there's where the problem lies right there. With, with some well, you have to understand. People need to understand what these different metrics are saying and why just being good. Like Joey Gallo. If you go to his page, good, like, good and, job, Joey. Joey made contact and, the other night. Then today hit a first extra base hit. Proud of him. First job, extra Joey. base hit and first run driven in today in today's game. So I'm I'm going on to his page right now. Max exit velocity, 95th percentile. Hard hit percentage, 62nd percentile. Barrel percentage, 89th percentile. Okay, so if you just look at those, you'd be like, Joey Gallo's an MVP candidate, but he doesn't make contact. So you have to understand what these things are telling you. And if a guy doesn't make a lot of contact, but he hits the ball hard. Yeah, that's that's cool and all that's good, but he he's going to be Joey Gallo. And that's what just what he is. So ICAF is never going to have a ton of barrel percentage, you know, high barrel percentage, but that's all right as well because he's going to he's going to just put the ball in play. He's not going to walk a lot. His walk percentage isn't good. He's not going to strike out a lot, Why can't, which is can't, fine. Is the barrel the barrel percentage the it's not it's not um it's not calculated off swings. It's just calculated off of contact. C- contact. Yeah. So IKF is contact. actually penalized because of that. Yes. And Joey Gallo is is um, rewarded for, for that specific stat. Yeah. So throw that stat in the trash. <laughs> that, I mean, for real. What if, if if it's not? Why can't? Why shouldn't it be off of the swings? That's interesting. Um, I, I don't hate that. If it was doesn't off that of, doesn't that give swing? you like a constant? I mean, you have instead of this per- this massive variable that that is either making contact or not making contact when you swing. So you have whiff percentage as well, right? And whiff percentage, if we're looking at Joey Gallo, he's in the bottom thirteenth percentile. And yeah. if we are looking at IKF, he's in the top eighty ninth percentile. So, so whiff- how do you combine whiff percentage and barrel to give me the exactly what I want? Whiffles, 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 <laughs> whiff barrels. <laughs> Well, barrels, I don't know. Can we get a whiff barrels? There might be that. I don't know. Logan, do you know if there's a stat that sort of combines the two? I, I'm just using eye test on this on the stat, if that's a thing. I'm going next level with that one. But the um when I'm when I'm when I'm seeing the eye test of that stat, it doesn't it doesn't check it, it doesn't check out to me if a guy's swinging and missing that many times and he's still being considered uh a good in that in that there's just so many different there's so many different things you Stats. have to use all of them and you have yeah. to you have to use them in context and i think a lot of times and i think the yankees analytics department maybe got away from this is they went too far for one thing and then you end up a lineup with judge stanton voight gallo and it's like oh great okay if they make contact the ball's going to go 500 feet and it's going to look sexy but it's not going to happen very often yeah voight's on the il again by the way Pour one out for him. Poor Voight. Again, not a Voight hater, just redundant on this Yankees team. Yeah. Much happier with the current situation. Yeah. I'm not wasting my beer either. So so your your bold prediction so far looking good. And my bold prediction also looking very good. Michael King, the Swiss Army knife, the versatile Swiss Army knife, uh, looking absolutely filthy. Was absolutely untouchable on Friday night. He looks nasty. I mean, I was... You know, just watching it, and I was, uh, I was, I was texting you guys about this. The, the, just the miles per hour. He, he's hitting the, the gun way yeah. more consistently since he came back the from the IL last year. Way he's more. Ninety-seven yeah. he's miles an hour. Ninety-seven, ninety-eight. Where yeah. you know what was it? I think I called out ninety-four-one 
was his average fastball velocity. So yeah. that I mean that's a that's a hell of a difference. <laughs> yeah, especially when he's got two, movement because he has movement. He has movement. You go back two years and he was at like ninety one miles per hour. So this guy <laughs> I don't has know what's really going on. I don't hey know. and and this is where this is where to me the the advanced analytics are really important. When you look at a guy like Matt Blake who's been you know, this is why he's here. If he's making adjustments based on the way that he's throwing and they're and they're doing this to tweak mechanics, they're doing this to tweak, you know, the percentage of the of the pitches that they're throwing. There's a lot of things at play, I think, with the mechanics. And that's where the advanced analytics really get interesting for me is when you use them to change how you actually play. And especially for the pitching side, whatever they've done, they've done very, very well. And David Cohen was talking a lot about oh, yeah. his four seam and his two seam and being able to control that against lefties and righties. And yeah, it's devastating against he 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 could if he could control both of those pitches, which he has been so far, you have no idea what's coming at you. And and when you're a righty or a lefty, he's got he's got an answer for both. And that's and that's amazing. <clears throat> Listen, I'm not gonna sit here and pretend to tell you I thought he was gonna go out and strike out eight in three innings. However, very happy to see it. And I did see in the metrics when he came back last year, he he was really good. And I and I think in the role that he's gonna serve, which is he might get a start or two this year, maybe in double headers or if an injury goes down. Yeah. If an injury goes down, I mean you could see him slotting in. Too. Well, Schmidt, I, I feel like at this point, Schmidt might get the start over him just because King is just so good right now out of the bullpen yeah. as like a two-inning guy that if you have a starter that gets knocked out in the fourth inning and it's a three-to-one game or a three-to-two game and you want to keep it close, like Michael King can do that. If you have like an opening day, needs to come in an extra innings, shut the door down, he can do that. If you need to mop up Aroldis Chapman's mistakes, he can do that. Again, Swiss Army knife, like I said, he can do multiple different things. Whereas Clark Schmidt, I hope he turns into a great starting pitcher, but that's the path for him. I could see For Michael sure. King being a a bullpen arm that they can use in many different ways and get a lot of value out of. Chad Green ain't giving anybody confidence these days. So no. um, his fastball's yeah, looking they're, just they're, his fastball's just looking look look dead. Again, like, he's no just responsible to for too many too many late game big mistakes that 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 put us in a position to lose. Because he did that again this weekend. Uh, thankfully, the Yankees came back, but he put us in the position to lose again with a home run. Yeah. And and going back to last year, I mean, the guy, I don't know what his war was, but it had to have been horrible. Logan, to, can you look up uh, Green's spin rate? Because he was always a four-seam high spin rate guy, and that's why his fastball played. Like, he was never even like a 99, 98-mile-an-hour guy. He was like a mid-90s guy, but it was a really high spin rate, so it played better than it was. But I just feel like the life on his fastball is lost, Chad Green. Whereas he you, was one of those guys. They were talking about this in the in the a couple of years ago. The the bullpen guys were saying that Chad Green had the best fastball in the bullpen with Aroldis Chapman. It was an that, it was an amazingly high spin rate fastball, yeah. and that's why when he burst onto the scene in 2017, no one could touch him because it was it had so much life up in the zone. He got so many swings and misses, and so much like high pop ups just because of the high spin rate. It is down this year. Um, in 2020, well, let's go 2019 actually. It average 2463 and it's at 2326 this year but i think it's more just okay. the whole like it seems like the straight fastball is not working as well i mean you see the yankees going to you know sinkers and you know sinker slider cutter you know they have gary cole throwing a cutter now like 
They yeah. just tend to, they're trying to shy away from that straight fastball. I mean, look at Lasagna. He threw a straight fastball. I mean, he was he, he was terrible. And they just said, throw a two-seam, and now he's the best reliever in the bullpen, arguably. So <clears throat> it, It's a good point. And also, there's something to be said for relievers get burned out. Like, Chad Green has been used a lot. 17, 18, 19, he was used a lot. Guys just get burned out. That's why That's why Mariano Rivera is never going to happen again, where a guy for 20 straight years is the best relief pitcher in baseball. You've had closers burst onto the scene, and then they just flame out. And they're, because it's it's a high stress, it's, it, it's, not, it's not a long-term thing for a lot of these players, especially now that they're just going there, throw as hard as you can for 40... For 14 pitches and then get out of there. I mean, I don't, I think that's one of the areas that will that will stay. To be honest, like I think we'll see a few more dominant closers just because it's still a short sample size. Not for two you're, decades, you're going. I mean, Mariano is a, a freak of nature, but um, you did see a, a few of the guys that stayed that long. At least you, you know uh, Chapman's been around for a while. Chapman's like, been around for a long time. I mean, yeah. you, you see closers. They're 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 not out there for a, a ton of time. So if they have the, the mental capacity to stay in there and they can execute their pitches. You have, you, you could very well have a job for a long time. Again, no one's Mariano, but um, that's one of those areas I could still see someone coming in and dominating. I mean, the amount of pitches that, again, one of my predictions early on was was uh, um, Loisiga going and, and taking over that closer role. I still think it's a very solid option looking at 2023 because of Chapman's contract as well. But they dial down, they don't have this, you know, massive, uh, pitch repertoire, they they dominate two to three pitches, and mm-hmm. when you can do that, and you can uh, you you can tune everything else out and bounce back the next night if something goes wrong, you have the ability to stay in that closing spot in the ninth inning for a long time. <clears throat> yeah, and so I, I'm obviously excited what King is doing: eighteen strikeouts and ten and a third innings. You're excited about what IKF is doing, but the pitching staff overall ha- has been amazing. I thought Tyon has looked really good. He was he was. Really good early in the game on Friday. First time through the order, he was unhittable. Got hit a little bit in the fourth inning. He allowed a home run to Fran Mel Reyes. Ended up pitching five innings, um, which, you know, again, I've, I think Tyon has been good. I think Severino has been very encouraging. Like, I'm very excited to watch Severino on Tuesday night just because of the last couple times out. Um, and then finally, Cole, like, hadn't seen it all year after three, one terrible start, one Start that was the worst of his career, which was against Detroit. One start against Toronto, which Vlad Jr. just murdered him, and I thought he was pretty good otherwise. And then the start against the, we'll call it the Billy Crystal game from 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 here on out. So he needed this. He really needed this. He did. Coming home, I mean, there were there were a lot of things stacked. There were a lot of people just staring at this game at the end of the at the end of the series. And Cleveland had been playing well, had a good offense, um, and he came in and shoved. He shoved and he controlled the zone early. And it's, he did exactly what he needed to do. Perfect conditions. Everything was, everything was perfect for him. So we needed to see that no matter what. I'm not going to, I'm not going to, I'm not going to get too over my skis here with, with what he did, but he did, he did, he did exactly what he needed to do. And now we need to see him continue to follow that up. What did you think of the fact that Trevino was catching him? You're going to make a bigger deal of this than I think it is. That's everybody knows that, but, um, Again, like I think last year was more about Gary Sanchez than it was Higgy at the end of the day. I think it was more about Gary Sanchez not leveling up to the, to the point where he was comfortable. Um, and Trevino is a defensive catcher. He is a receiver of the ball. He has the trust of pitching staffs. So 
I, I listened to Boone talk about it before the game as well. He wanted to get him out there. I, I appreciate that. I'm glad Boone did it. I'm glad Boone did it this early. He should continue to do it and mix and match them. And I, he's not going to get away from Higgy. They're going to, but maybe we're sprinkling in more Trevino for it. And that's good. That's exactly what this team should be doing. So what was it in Houston? Why did Cole Who cares? That just was, have to throw to Mal- that Martin was, Maldonado? That was ancient, that's ancient history. I don't care. I don't give a shit about that. He's so, not even he's not even the backup. There's not even a starting catcher here. There's a there is a catching position, and one guy goes out there on a day, and then maybe another guy goes out there, and then maybe another guy. And it's a defensive spot. That's what it is. And that's exactly what we wanted. So, um, Logan, I can't remember if you made this point or if Ilya made this point, and I actually thought it was really good. Garrett Cole likes the backup catcher because he's he's one of these guys that needs the catcher to obsess as much as he does over his his outing. He needs to talk to him. He needs to talk his ear off about the game plan and everything. And if you're the starting catcher, you got to focus on other things. You got to you got to be playing mostly. You got to be worried about the other pitching the pitchers on the pitching staff is where the backup catcher can just be Cole's little boy. And whatever Cole needs, whatever Cole wants, that's going to be the backup catcher. So I don't know if this is a Higgy or a Sanchez or a Maldonado or a Chirinos or or, or a Trevino thing. I just think it might be a backup catcher thing with Cole. I don't think so. I, I think you're, I think you're, that that whole theory is going to get blown up probably by July because we're going to see multiple multiple. This starts is the first time guys. he didn't throw to Higgy since last. Yeah, since July. July. Since last July. And has he been very good since July? <laughs> no, but, but just I, answer listen, that question. Has he I been don't very think, good since July? The answer is no. I don't think that Cole necessarily said, I want Trevino in this game. I think... No, Boone said already that it was his call. He went and did it. Fine. You don't want to believe what he says, but you're just just hypothesizing. He did come out and say that. Also said that that Cole didn't have a problem with it. Look, I'm telling you, at the end of the day, last year was all about Gary Sanchez. He didn't want to throw to Gary Sanchez. That's it. Yeah, because Gary Sanchez was not a good receiver. Like I, and I never and now said we otherwise. Have two guys who can catch, two guys who can catch. I hope legit so. catch. And, okay, and and Trevino, Let's, whether he's the backup or not, was was he he was what top three, if not leading in framing last year, right? Like he yes. is, and but Higgy elite was also as well. Higgy was also very good in framing. I, I wish the WinBet app had had some odds on who catches Garrett Cole next time out. But if you had to bet, who would you say is catching Cole in his next start? Um, I'm hey, betting Trevino. I'll bet. I'll bet Higgy. Okay. I think it's going to be Trevino I'll you, because I'll bet I think you a beer. Great. What, what a bet. Okay. Well, what are you going to mail it's me? Gonna be a deli- it's going to be. It's going to be a delicious beer. You're going to. I haven't seen you in three freaking years. <laughs> when are we going to have that beer? I will drive up for the beer. Have I not seen you in three years? That's not I true. I so. just saw you in December. All right. Um, <laughs> the uh, just lying. I forgot about that. So the <laughs> it was very memorable, and I was and, yeah, and I was in New York like a month before that too. Oh yeah, also forgot about that. Because right. you know what, I think of it as like we haven't got together as like Bronx pinstripes in three years. It's been a minute. Yeah, I'm what also talking saying? to the ticket rep last week for I, season for for games later in the season. Just little uh, little spoiler alert. Let's I'm, do I'm it. getting I'm getting the itch pretty bad. Let's freaking do it because I miss it. Uh, my point was that I think Cole is a he's kind of like a momentum guy and when he's feeling good that that means good things are going to happen and 
He might need things to be perfect. He can't have the game delayed five minutes. He can't have this or that. Fine. But he just had a really good outing with Trevino. He was throwing his curveball more, which we talked about in the last episode in eye test versus nerd test, how for whatever reason, it seemed like he was going away from his knuckle curveball. Well, today he used it 13 times out of 92 pitches, which is 14%. That's up from his first three starts. So, and it was an effective pitch for him today. I don't know. I think he felt good with Trevino today, so I could see them keeping it rolling. I think the the number one the number one factor for his success was control of the fastball early. I, this, we talked about this uh, in the last his last start, and, and it was the lack of that, and that, and that's why he can't use these other pitches to to um, work off of that fastball. If he's controlling the at bat with the fastball, all the other pitches are now in play and are much more effective. That knuckle curve ain't going to be effective. Probably not going to be thrown if he's not getting ahead in the count. That's the other piece of this. But the most important, no doubt about this. Yeah. I haven't even looked at the numbers, is him controlling the fastball early in the count. Number one factor. Of course, of course. He's a fastball pitcher. He's a power pitcher. Yes, no one's denying that. And his fastball... But that allows him to throw the knuckle curve 14% of the time if he's doing that. Because if he's not doing that, if he's not controlling that zone, he's he's using the fastball to try to get back in the in the count. And that's when he gets hit. We also saw he was pitching backwards. What start was it? Uh, I think it was against Toronto. He was pitching backwards where he was throwing... He was throwing cutters and sliders early in the count instead of his four seam fastball. And, and and so like it just seemed like he was searching for things like he wasn't feeling good about his fastball. Maybe that's just an early season thing. Spring training was shorter this year, so he hasn't had the reps. Wh- whatever you want to say, like all I know is what I saw from t- uh, Cole today is what the Yankees are going to need going forward. Yeah, exactly. And 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 if he's that guy, then um, they're in a very good spot. They're in a very good spot if he's that guy. But again, give me show. I need to see this a few more times. I need to see, you know, the consistency piece of this. You know, we we've seen the good outing. We've seen the good. We even saw the good outing last year when we when he, when he was the the one in Houston. We saw the good outing, but he didn't back it up enough. He's not. He wasn't the consistent starting pitcher to be qualifying as our ace in the second half of the year. That's the guy that we need to see. We need to see him coming out and. You know, when 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 he's on the bump, it's like that's a W. We have a we have a 90% chance of winning this game. Every and time the, we should feel with that the way. way the rest of the pitching staff is going right now. Like Nestor Cortez has been unbelievable this year. And and Tyon, like I said, has looked really good. I think Severino has had an encouraging start to his season. Montgomery, um, I guess is also like, looks good. Yeah, looks good. But like this is exactly what you expect from Montgomery. Like like good, really solid, like a rock in the rotation. That's what he needs to be. So yeah, with the rest of the rotation and most of the bullpen pitching really well, this pitching staff is nasty. Is nasty. Yeah, yeah. No, nasty. They're, they're, Get they're some the bullpen's nasty. The starting pitching is consistent, and that's exactly what they need. Which is going to give them more innings. Which is going to make the bullpen even better deep, uh, later in the season. Which I'm very excited for. Nestor Cortez is just like. Playing out there for all of us. He's just, I mean, the, the man just <laughs> it makes you, you know, think you legs, could still be a pitcher. <laughs> the dot the, the the legs high up in the air when he makes contact. It's you know, it's like a seal, uh, you know, going to the next to the next flop. Uh, beautiful. Uh, you know, coming up with dirt all over him. I, I absolutely love the guy. So this this they have grit. You know, my my friend Jim uh texts me about uh about the Yankees and the Jets all the time. We we go back and forth, and like he mentioned something about grit and just like that's exactly it. This team does. It feels like it has grit. It feels like it has a little bit of that hustle, 
grit, like well, dirtiness to it. And I and that that is also you get more guys that that make contact because they're running the bases. They're they're looking for going to go first to third. There's just more of that. And you know what? That's baseball, Susan. That's baseball. It's not the through the three outcomes. It's all the other things in between that make this game so beautiful. <laughs> I mean, the whole all broadcast did it. They kept calling the Guardians the Indians this weekend. But I, I caught a little of John and Susan on the radio on Saturday, and and Sterling just he couldn't get it through his brain, and I, I kind of felt bad about it. Which it's hard. I get it. It's hard. It's they've been the Indians for his entire life, and he's ninety something years old. But still, you know what? They're not the Indians anymore. They're the Guardians. Right. Uh, the the thing about um, Cortez, one hit through six and a third on Saturday. I, I, every time he's dominating a lineup, I'm like, is this is he going to turn back into a pumpkin? Not today, and I'm okay with it. Like, 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 let's keep it rolling. Like, it's like you're rolling. You keep rolling. Keep rolling on the on the table. Okay, let me roll those dice again. This, but this is what the, he's like. The, he's like the pitching equivalent of a guy that makes contact in the lineup. Yeah. He he has yeah. so many. He has so many different, uh, you know, so many different things to go to Kitchen that it's hard baby. to keep him down. And and yeah. and this league is such a fastball hitting league that he's a problem for a lot of these guys. That's why we were talking about with him against the the Blue Jays lineup. Him and Severino, I might have the most confidence against that lineup because Severino just has ridiculous movement on on his hard stuff, and Nestor will just terrorize those guys by keeping them off balance because they're they're all seeking and like trying to just attack fastballs. You know, Beltron, Beltron has been on the um, the broadcast. You know, whether you like him or not, he again. I love the 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 in the inside tips, the inside things from players. And uh, he was talking about uh, just just going out there and attacking and looking for fastballs, seeking fastballs. A Rod made an entire career about that. He seeked fastballs and just attacked them. And when you're when you're doing that, and you're always doing that, and you can make a living, you can make a Hall of Fame career out of doing that. A guy like Nestor Cortez might drive you crazy. Because he's going to give you everything but what you want, and that may drive you absolutely nuts. And I think he, I think he does that a little bit to the uh, like that young Blue Jays lineup. So I love having a guy like that in the in the in the rotation in the in the two thousands and the aughts. The Yankees could never hit those guys, right? Like Jamie Moyer, ninety year old Jamie Moyer would come in throwing eighty six miles an hour and shut the Yankees down for six innings. And then you look at the lineup, and it was like, you know, Gary Sheffield, Alex Rodriguez, Jason Giambi. Like, why can't they hit this guy? Looking fastballs, baby. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. 
But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry with overpriced, underperforming products and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. It was a great weekend aside from one incident. Yankees fans, a couple of uh, fans sitting in the outfield on Saturday. Bad look for those guys. So... Bad luck for all of us because of those guys, actually. That's that's what it is. It's, a, it's not it's not even just those guys. And it's not even a few. There was a lot of shits thrown on the field at that point. Yeah. So um, during the during the comeback, IKF hits the ball over Quan's head. He smashes into the wall and he's banged up. Uh and apparently a a fan in the left field seats was John at at Quan celebrating the fact that he was injured, maybe celebrating the fact that the Yankees just tied the game. Who the hell knows? Either way, you, you never cheer injuries. That, that that you can just chalk up as like one probably drunk, stupid fan. And and sh- and and you know, fine. It, it pissed off uh pissed off the the outfielders. Miles Straw climbed up the climbed up the wall and started yelling at him. But then what happened after the walk-off is really the bad thing when you've got a hundred people throwing trash onto the field. It's just like it's unacceptable. I don't no matter what you think happened in left field with uh the fan and and straw, you don't throw shit on the field. It's just I don't understand how you get to that point where you're like, yeah, I'm going to throw trash and beer cans at these opposing players. No, it's it's um it's, you know, it's exactly that. It's probably just a lot of those beers that that gets you and and you're making but even you're making that decision when you're drunk like just you you could you could say whatever you want. You know, like fans will say whatever they want, and they do. And as when you go to Yankee Stadium and you get into the outfield, there's there's probably a, a much larger, um, a larger vocabulary thrown at you and different vocabulary thrown at you than you go to other places. It is what it is. But throwing things is just unacceptable and and ridiculous. No matter what, no matter what, there's no there's no justification for throwing shit on the field, especially when it's being launched at people. You know, it's it's crazy. Straw probably should not have climbed and said shit to the he. He's got to be professional and and block have. that out yeah. and just go the other way because they are going to say things. You don't give them the attention, but um, don't throw shit at people. Just don't throw shit on the field. It's it's stupid. So yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if they you know go back to the videotape and start locating all these these people, find out who there's they are. are people. They're not allowed in. It's a lot of people you'd have to ban. Yeah, I mean, it's it's easy to say, oh, Straw should not have climbed up and 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 done that. Obviously, he thought the fan crossed the line. I think many fans yeah. probably cross lines and players just ignore it. And I'm um, sure he did cross the line. No doubt yeah. about it. I have no doubt that there was a there was a line crossed with what was said. But I got to be honest, when I'm out there, there's it happens consistently with you know there's people jawing a lot. It, it is what it is. 
you know, there's got to be some restraint on the player. Does not justify anything that happened by any means. I just don't throw things on the field. Like that's, it's very simple. And I did appreciate Stanton and Judge going out there being like, what what the hell are you guys doing? Stop it. This is like, cut this shit out. This is not what we're about. Like, you know, I don't know if that's actually going to have an effect next time. If there's an incident and a bunch of drunk assholes out in right field, they're still going to probably throw shit. But I did appreciate Judge Stanton going out there. If you're the guy throwing something and a judge is coming out there yelling at you for being an asshole, you feel like more of an asshole too because you're like, that, that's the guy I'm rooting for and he's right, yelling right, at right. me like I'm a like oh like well, I'm gonna go put my head down and walk out of here. And it kind of took away from like a really awesome comeback, like IKF yeah. game tying hit, then Glaber pinch hit who had had he's been having a horrible year other than opening day when he got that sack fly and I was all excited for him. Okay, maybe he's just a pinch hitter from now on because he seems to have good at bats when he pinch hits. But that was a great moment for Glaber Torres and then boom, all we're talking about is the Yankees fans throwing crap on the field. Yeah. No, Glaber, look, I think Glaber um, did some really good things today, especially. I mean, he got, he got, he was on and then, and then yes, Saturday, pinch hit coming through. Big moment for him. I think he he needed that. Um, and hopefully it, it turns it around. You know, we keep now going back we, to real quick. Th- we One thing that we kind of have glossed over and dismissed a little bit is the lack of spring training. We talked about this before we started recording, but that that break and, you know, I didn't even I, I wasn't really even thinking about it all that much either when I'm crucifying this team and you're going to Detroit and it's like horrible weather for everybody. But it does make a difference when you cut it down as dramatically as they did. So if we're seeing now we're getting to the point where it would be the true opening day if you if you add in the games played and what spring training would have normally been, you know, now's the time to start seeing these guys really getting around and, and being ready. You know, we'll see. I'm, I'm, I'm willing to chalk some of this up to, um, to lack of spring training as well. Lack of reps. So Yankees fans were booing straw today on Sunday. And obviously at this point, they all know what happened and they should know that the Yankees fans were in the wrong. So why do you think they were booing straw so loudly? Because he called the Yankees fans the worst fan base in the, in the, in, yeah, in that's major why. Baseball. But like, that's why I, on Saturday yeah, afternoon, he, he, they acted like, I have like, no problem with them booing him either. But on Saturday afternoon, they acted like the worst fan base on Okay. Earth. Well, those, those people did, not the entire fan base, those, those jackasses in the, in the outfield. Um, yes, who, who make everything look bad are are the ones that made us look bad. So yeah, he said what he said, but he also hey. said it so that everybody else is going to boo him too. I got no problem with you telling the players how you feel with uh, with booing or the way that like, that's that's what New York is. That's what it's always been. It's, the Bronx has always been that way. And then what what did this the Guardians post after after the game today? Something so, about Queens. I don't even understand it. Yeah, it was on an Instagram or on Twitter. I'm looking on Twitter now and I don't see it. So it must have been on Instagram. And, and and I'm trying to pull up the post. So, or where did the post go? I don't see it. Logan, where was it? It was uh, yesterday. It was on Twitter yesterday. It was after yesterday's game. I didn't understand. I don't. I still don't understand it. It was on Twitter yesterday, and it just said we love or love being in Queens or something like that, right? Yeah, I don't know. I'm, let's not even give that airtime because it's it was stupid. <laughs> I just don't I mean, good, it. good job, you trolled us. We don't get it. They're saying the they Yankees deleted play in Queens. They deleted well, they it because it was a bad joke. Because it was a bad joke. I think. Yeah, it was a bad joke. Okay. I for some reason I thought that was today. I missed it yesterday. Right. I hope they got the and, borough wrong, and that's what they were trying to do. That would be even better. Just, just terrible job. <laughs> terrible job of the social media team. <laughs> they had they had an opportunity. Fire to really the social media intern. Yeah. yeah. Anything else you want to touch on from the weekend? 
you know, just overall, really positive, really positive going into it. Off day tomorrow. And when you're looking at what's coming up, like that's what they needed. They needed that because I was hanging out with some of my buddies who are, uh, who are Red Sox fans on, um, on Saturday. His, by the way, his eight-year-old kid, first thing he walks up to me, I was wearing a Yankee hat. He's like, I hate your hat. Haven't seen this kid in like nine months. Hate your hat. I'm like, all right, I respect, I respect the fact that it's the first thing you said to me. Um, but we were, you know, the respect Orioles, everybody knows it. Everybody knows it. The Orioles are 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 going to uh the, the games against the Orioles are going to tell you who's gonna win the AL East. Gotta win these games. Gotta win these games. Well, let's talk about it because the Orioles are coming to town. Still, the Yankees are in the midst of their easy stretch, which okay, so far they've pretty much been doing what we said, other than the fact that they lost two out of three in Baltimore last week and they did go to Detroit one, two out of three, even if it was the ugliest series win I've ever seen in my life. And then they swept the Guardians, so that's good. This was a good win. The Guardians have been hitting the ball. Their offense was, and they was, kept, was going. They and they kept, kept Ramirez, my, my boy, my guy. Yeah. They kept him. I appreciate him for, for you, you know, taking the weekend off. But they did. They held, they held that offense at bay. And that's not, a, not, a tough, not an easy thing to do. Quan looked good in, I think, probably the injury on Saturday. Messed him up today. I know he was pulled from the game. But that kid looks awesome. I mean, like, it's something crazy. Like, he, doesn't, he, like, he only uh, swung and he missed. Like, he doesn't swing and miss. Love that. <laughs> Love that. I don't know how they found him, but good for them. All right, let's let's pick a game to bet on this week. If you want to do so, you can download the WinBet app. You can sign up today. You can bet $10 and win 200 and use code BLUEWIRE when you sign up and you get that awesome offer. WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, which is where I am, New York, which is where a lot of you people listening are, Tennessee, and Virginia, which is where Scott is. All right, so Scott, if you're betting on a game this week, which one is it? I'm I'm going with Severino, man. Severino, as 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 the weather is warming up, that's always like the the great cliche of baseball. Everybody starts playing baseball and, and like remembering how to play. But he's a guy that that feels good, looks good, and going against this this Baltimore team, I have a lot of confidence in him. Um, so I'm betting Luis Severino. Yeah, I also just love. Uh, I, I know momentum is only good as your next day starting pitcher. Okay, well I like the way Severino's been pitching, and I do finally think that the Yankees played well today. They scored 10 runs, which is the most runs they've scored all season. I do feel like there is some sort of momentum there. You got the sweep at home. You finish the sweep, which is something they haven't been able to do the last couple of years. You've got Baltimore, who just beat you, who you shouldn't allow to beat you. They should You should mop the floor with Baltimore. And yeah, there's a lot of good matchups. DJ LeMay, who is 5 for 16 against Jordan Lyles. Stanton is 6 for 12 with a home run against Lyles. Donaldson's 4 for 7. So not only does Severino have a favorable matchup, but some key offensive players for the Yankees have favorable matchups against the Orioles. And I actually like the starting pitching. Obviously, everyone's been good. Logan, I know you just put some stats in our chat. Like the Yankees are basically first in everything when it comes to pitching so far this year. So I like Severino, Montgomery, and Tyon against the Orioles lineup. But I specifically love the fact that the Yankees scored a boatload of runs today. And I do think that can carry over to the next day or the next game. You know, they, they have a day off. They're coming into this. They, the momentum is, um, to, you know, the momentum is, is also about confidence. And I think in baseball, yeah. when you have confidence that, that gives you, um, uh, an edge, it gives you, it puts you in a different place. Luis Severino, I think does have confidence going to be pitching in front of a, uh, an amped up crowd. Um, I like it. I like it a lot. And the fact that these guys are starting to swing the bat a little bit, they should take advantage of this bad Baltimore pitching because it's still bad, still a bad Baltimore pitching staff. The, uh, Every player like who who 
does color commentary or whatever, always says confidence does play a factor in your performance. And yet the analytics just ignore things like that and, and say hot streaks. Cause you can't real. quantify it. That's why. No, you can't actually assign a value to it. But I do know that the fact that Glaber Torres probably got a confidence boost from his walk-off single on Saturday. And so he Hell played yeah. well on Hell Sunday. Yeah, he did. And yeah. maybe Joey Gallo will take a little confidence from the fact that he finally got an extra base hit today. He might take that into tomorrow's game. He made contact so, on Friday. Confidence. Confidence. <laughs> barrel percentage. He might look at his baseball savant page and be like, I'm 98th percentile for, for, uh, for barrel percentage. Okay, got a little shot in the arm here. Let's go. So I do think a lot of this, I think this is a com- this was a confidence building weekend. And I think that can that can carry over, which is why I like Tuesday's game specifically. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think um I think they're gonna come out and I think they're gonna swing the bat and 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 they're gonna be confident in swinging that bat. And I'm very much looking forward to this one to watch Severino pitch because I think it's one of these ones where he's coming off you what happened this weekend, Garrett Cole. He wants, he's going to be that, that number two and, and Severino knows that he could be a number one. So now you're also competing with what, what Garrett Cole just did, because it's a little bit of, Hey, I saw what you did. Now watch what I can do. And if we're getting that between the starting pitchers, that's magic. That's when really good things can happen. If they're competing with each other on who can do better. I like it. I did like you it see the video of Cole singing along to God bless America <laughs> yeah. after he had a good start. Dude's a nutcase. Okay. <laughs> like he's a loony tune. He's also the type of guy that, that, you know, he knows what he did in Detroit. He knows what everybody's saying. Yeah. And, you know, he's going to use it. He's going to use that and try to prove everybody wrong. And there's no try in his vocabulary. He's going he's gonna to go out there and in his mind prove everybody wrong because now there's a little bit of doubt, whereas before there was no doubt. And I think that a guy like Garrett Cole, who is obsessive, who, is, who, who takes everything, you know, to a different level, I think could potentially use that as fuel. Um, and everybody's been saying that you listen to anybody talking about his starts. CC was one of them as well. The stuff is there. The stuff is there. The stuff is there. If this guy can locate and control that fastball, the the stuff is there to to make him uh, still a dominant. He's just got to get he's got to get ahead. He's got to work early and and often and and stay ahead of these guys. And then and then yeah, he can be the guy that we all thought he can be. All right. So again, download the WinBet app. Use code BLUEWIRE when you sign up. You can bet $10, win 200 We are betting on Tuesday's game. Maybe you should do the same. Anything else you want to discuss, Scott, before we get out of here? Another day off. I'm excited today, uh, to, to get Baltimore again. That's it. You just got to take take a, take exactly what's in front of us and beat their ass. They got to beat their ass. I'm the schedule gets sweep. hard pretty soon. So these are the games you got to keep winning. Baltimore, then Kansas City, then Toronto, and Toronto's a great team. But specifically Baltimore. Yeah, absolutely. It, right. They count They count 2x. Two, two Pretty much, they count 2x every game. All right, we will talk to you guys in a couple days. Hey guys, thanks for listening to the Bronx Pinstripe Show. Make sure you find us on iTunes and subscribe so you can get all new episodes directly onto your phone. If you do like the show... We'd love for you to take a minute and give us a five-star rating and review in iTunes. It really helps us out and allows us to create more shows. We're on Twitter at Bronx Pinstripes and the same on Facebook. You can always find us there talking Yankee baseball. Thanks again, guys, for your support. Really appreciate it. And go Yankees. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. 
The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase, plus get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m. and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com